Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 398. And I think from now on, when there's more than two podcasters gathered, it should be called the Confusion of Podcasters, because we're usually very confused. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. It only takes just one of me to be confused. <laughs> Depends on the podcaster. Sometimes you can be a group by yourself. <laughs> I, I resemble am, that remark. I am a group of, <laughs> to myself, to myself, for sure. Did you guys have a good week? Yeah, not bad. Do anything fun? I finished Iron Fist. Oh, I'm halfway through. Only halfway? I only got two episodes watched this oh, week. Oh, man. I had reading to do. That's good. <laughs> to do. Why do you look at me when you say that? <laughs> I couldn't watch it at work. I, I had I, reading to I do. Finished, I'm making Sarah watch I, some I've, of it. I finished it, and I've been reading two books at the same time. So You also barely sleep. Well, that's true. And uh, I, I don't yeah. sleep as much either, but that's not for, <laughs> for different reasons. Uh, yeah, I finished the series. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it much better than the first season. Uh, and then earlier in the week, I watched Smoking the Bandit, which I've seen probably a hundred times. But uh, I didn't get that in. That was because really of bad. Bert dying earlier oh, in the week. Yeah. So. yeah, I mentioned I was reading besides the book for homework next week and the two the two uh, title series that we're reviewing this week that I also read. Oh, this the comics. Week. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm reading uh, uh, that Bob Woodward book that came out on Tuesday, uh, Fear, Trump in the White House. Is it good? How is it? No surprises so far. <laughs> <laughs> is it well written then? Yeah, it's, it's I, I think Bob Woodward, certainly, it's certainly written much better than the previous two books I've read. The other two were written well, but this one I think is more interesting. But hmm. like I said, no surprises yet, so we'll find out. <laughs> I'm really curious to read it, but there's a part of me that is honestly a little worried that things will wind up being so much worse than I suspect oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe, maybe, only, I, maybe I don't need that. I'm only on chapter 17 and there haven't been any huge revelations. So. <laughs> but you're also maybe a little bit more plugged in since maybe because of work and put, well, I read uh, fire and fury and yeah, uh, those other uh, two the collusion too. one. So that's, it. that's all I did this week. Um, went and saw <laughs> the predator. How is the predator? It's a lot of fun. It's very funny. Um, I think maybe part of it that we went with a group and that helped immensely because you're always able to kind of feed off the, yeah, you know, feed off each other. Um, and I think my expectations were set low enough that I was pleasantly surprised by it. However, having said that, it's not the Predator movie I th- think most people want, which is why it's getting such uh. terrible reviews. And it's certainly not the Predator movie I would have made. Um, it... it, it it feels vastly different than any of the other installments, which is a good thing. I mean, because it's not just, hey, let's go back into the jungle and, and fight the thing. But um, it does some cool things, and then it does some things that you're like, I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, it's set up for another one. We'll of course it is. Find out whether or not they choose to go there or not. So we did that. Um, I took part in a uh, confusion of podcasts today. Did you? I did. I'm now on my second one. <laughs> I'm, I'm double dipping tonight. Uh, I was uh, pleased as punch to be invited to appear on the Five-ish Fangirls 200th anniversary episode. Congratulations to them on reaching. Very much Monday. congratulations to Absolutely. them. It's a, a as I said on the on their on their cast. Um, 
the far corners of the internet are littered with podcasts that only made it to 30 and then people kind of gave up and you know faded away from it and the fact that they've hit 200 is something to be proud of oh yeah for sure anything else did you do anything i went and did a panel at a local convention (laughs) that's all you did this week (laughs) pretty much watched a couple episodes of iron fist and did that did that (laughs) what was that like i wasn't there it was good. Well, I, my my co-hosts on the panel were kind of sketchy, but yeah, you know, you know those guys, you can't really trust them. Uh, Especially when they just grab them from anywhere. Yeah, you don't know who they're gonna put up on stage <laughs> with you. Now, Sean and I were there as well, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, actually. at TopCon, a nice conversation about the thirteenth upcoming thirteenth Doctor. Yeah, um, I, that was actually some of the most fun I've had on a panel, which is fun. Yeah. I mean, besides ones that we've, you know, moderated. Uh, besides guest panels. Guest panels, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, just kind of a discussing a topic panel. It was one of the more more enjoyable panels. And we didn't have a huge group, but there was quite was a bit of engagement. Yeah, there between us and the people in the audience, what I thought yeah. was appropriate. Yeah, I, I like that. The fact that we were able to interact with him a lot instead of just, you know, talk to them. Sean got his exercise running the mic around the world. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm I'm very pleased to hear you say that because I I thought afterwards I was like that went. I'll be honest, that went way better than I was expecting it to go. <laughs> Even considering the setup of we only had one microphone to and a little speaker to to deal with, but well, just um, I I kind of go into things with two different mindsets. There's a part of me that's like, I need to be prepared and I want to be, I want to have done my research and I want to, you know, I want to wow them. I want to, I want to be impressive. And there's the other part of me that goes, you're so much more with it when you're unprepared because it's just off the cuff and it feels more natural and loose. And I think you're, I feel like I'm too stiff when I come prepared for something. Absolutely a bore not being prepared. I have to be prepared when yeah. I go into. Well, and I think I, I can't do it off the cuff. It, it depends on what it is. Then I feel yeah. like I'm reaching for things to talk about. I think if it's a guest panel, I 100 percent agree. I'd rather be prepared so that we don't sound like idiots. But with you know just if us, it's, it's kind of like okay. Um, and there were a couple moments that I kind of blanked out and went, I don't have anything else to ask. You did a good job being kind yeah. of the moderator. Oh, though. thanks. You did. But no, we I kind of I, forced, I thought it went really well. We kind of forced Sean to do it since he's the one that got us into it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take it away, Sean. <laughs> no, I'm glad, we, did a good I'm glad we did it. Yeah. I was actually, I don't want to make this sound like I'm surprised by this, but I really enjoyed TopCon this year, too. Um, there was, you know, there was the average amount of vendors. Um, it's we not did the get, best setup for no, what I, they're the, trying to do. Ag Hall, I think there's just, there's too much going on in there, especially when we had to pause our panel a couple of times while they were making announcements just it's down the way. It's great for a vendor hall. Yeah. It's perfect yeah, yeah. for a vendor and, hall. And that's what it's it's set mostly up for. Um, but, you know, they had uh, they had tabletop games there again this year. They had, uh, they had you know, Amanda Bierce was there from uh, Married with Children. And I had forgotten that she was in Fright Night, the original Fright Night film. She was the oh, girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which... I totally had a crush on her when I, when I was a kid. I remembered that as we were there. Um, and then, of course, uh, Noah Hathaway, who played the uh, the young boy. Atreyu. Yeah, Atreyu in, uh, oh. in, uh, <laughs> well, in Battlestar. That was his you, character. You guys, you guys go never any yeah. story. I go Battlestar. Uh, like most go. people might remember never any story better than his part in Battlestar. But, and then, uh, oh, I don't remember who the other actress was that was there. I feel bad. Trace or Tracy Coco. Is that it? Yeah, that sounds right. She was a um, 
She was a Starfleet... Kind of a background crewman on Next Gen, but she was in, like, I don't know, 40 or 50 episodes. Yeah. And, most, and multiple movies. Yeah, she has multiple uh Yeah, she's got other credits, credits, but that was the only thing that I recognized her, or didn't recognize her. I didn't even recognize her, but I knew she was from that, so or in that. Tracy Lee Coco. Coco. She has the most stunning blue-gray eyes. <laughs> Smoky gray. Um, so, you know, they had the three guests, and which was more than they had last year. And then, uh, you know, they had some artists and some uh, authors and things like that. And I thought it was, I thought it was, I don't know, just well-structured this year. I, I quite enjoyed it. So, so much so, I went back Sunday morning. So, oh, really? Yeah, because Mason and, well, Caitlin didn't go at all this year, but Mason didn't get a chance to go on Saturday when I was there for the panel. So he got up, and I said, do you want me to take you down to TopCon? And he said, yeah. So I took him down, and, of course, we paid his ticket to get him in, and walked around and looked at some stuff and so yeah it was it was uh, unfortunately we went early enough sunday that we were in that sunday lull you know where there's mm-hmm. there's just not as many people although from what i saw online it picked up in oh, the afternoon good. again so a sunday's always a, you know a, a oh, slower a day slow fewer day. people yeah. people um i thought there was a good number of people there on saturday too so but uh yeah, I, yeah as, as i was leaving or a little before noon it was really starting to pick up yeah quite a i bit. noticed that too because i left just probably Maybe not even a half hour after you did. Mm. If you get a chance, you just want to see a two-minute sample of some of the things at TopCon, go to our website, uh, TravelingTheVortex.com, or go to our YouTube page. And uh, I put up a little uh, montage of clips there. Unfortunately, we didn't have any pictures or video of us on the panel. (laughs) And because we didn't have the right recording equipment there, we weren't able to record the panel either. So unfortunately... That's lost in the ether, but... <laughs> but if you found us because of our panel, welcome. Yes, and and I'd like to give a shout-out to Gene Kincaid, who posted on our Facebook wall after the panel saying how much he enjoyed it. I saw that. That's very cool. Thank you very much. And welcome. Yeah. For the long-term listeners, we're going to be celebrating our well, 400th... Even if you've only, even if you've, you know, only been listening for a couple of months. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Way to spoil it, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> for the long-term listeners... But now you're, now you're setting up class sections, and that, I don't like we, that. We're, we're going to be celebrating our 400th <laughs> episode. <laughs> For the new people that diversity, are just joining Sean. us, you we may not know. We just had a panel about diversity, Sean. Go ahead. <laughs> For the newbies who may not know, we're going to be celebrating our 400th episode. Well, I think if they're looking at this episode and going, hey, this is 398, I think they probably know that 400 is coming. Maybe I don't know, ca- Sesame Street hasn't caught me count that <laughs> We feel like 400 is a bit of a milestone, and uh, so we have some uh, goodies in the prize vault, uh, some epic prizes of game show proportions. Game show proportions, not guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we thought we'd like to do some, uh, some giveaways for all of our listeners. And uh, so how we're going to do this is if you go and like us on Facebook, that counts as an entry. If you follow us on Twitter, that counts as an entry. If you join the Goodreads Book Club, that counts as an entry. If you, you know, any Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. Um, what were some of the other ones? I don't remember now. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, any of our social media platforms count as entries. And basically what you need to do then is just send us an email and let us know, hey, I follow you here, 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 and here. Even if you already follow us on those places, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, you're, you're, st- not, you're still entered. You don't yeah, have you're to, entered as, as long as you're... You don't, you don't have to leave and then come back. That's yeah. right, right. Uh, but just send us an email and, and the, the requirement is that you send us an email and give us a heads up. Hey, I am because the email is what enters you, and then what we do is we go verify your entries and you get an entry for each one of those. So it is important for you 
to give us a heads up, say, hey, these are what I follow you on so we can then go verify it. Because if we don't hear from you, then we, I mean, there's, there's we have 400 and some likes on <laughs> Facebook. I don't think all of those are going to be entries, especially if they're just people that don't listen to the shows. So right. Make right. sure you email us, let us know. And then um, if you leave a review of the podcast on, say, iTunes or uh, other streaming services that allow you to do reviews, uh, that's worth two entries. So a little little added incentive because um, we like reviews. <coughs> but then uh, we'll throw them all in a fishbowl. Better get a fishbowl. We'll, we'll, we'll take the fish out first. Um, and then, uh, Might throw... be more fun to throw them in with the fish. Might be hard to read afterwards. Can we get a piranha and have Keith <laughs> stick his arm in it and not tell him? <laughs> Piranhas live in the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we have till now, from now, from this episode until 400, because we'll actually do those, record we'll do those drawings on the recording of uh, episode 400. So, And as is now, 400 will be recorded in two weekends from yes. this release. So, so go and um, you know, stalk us and then um, get your entries and win stuff. Yeah. Pretty simple. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, should we move on to some news? Let's. So along with a new promotional image poster, the BBC has announced the episode two title for the new season, along with details on both episode one and two. Episode two, The Ghost Monuments. Both episode one and two are written by Chris Chibnall, as we suspected but did not know for sure. And if you want to read the synopsis of there the episode, you can go online and find us because we won't do that here. No. That might be a little too spoilery for some people. Having read them, they're not very spoilery because you really don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> there are words I recognize, but the context... Are... Did you say there's words you recognize, yes. but the context isn't there? Yeah. I'm calling it now. The Ghost Monument is a return I, of that superhero. I think I can probably... Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe it's a monument to him. Yeah, oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stay away from that altogether. No returning characters, so we don't have to worry about that. That's true. That's true. I believe the exact quote was no returning villains. Uh, <coughs> is River Song a villain? No, but he also came back and qualified that she wasn't returning. So That's true. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyways. What else? Uh, there's going to be a new kids book coming out. Featuring the 13th Doctor, called The Secret in Vault 13, by David Solomons. Go back up to that artwork. That's cute. Really good artwork. It is really good artwork. So you should go check it out. It's pretty cool. It's a perfect introduction to the series for young fans. It's age 7 and up. So there's going to be a paper, uh, Kindle version. I'm up. You are up. <laughs> You're way up. <laughs> yeah. yeah don't Paperback worry. and audio CD. Coming out November 1st in the UK and the 6th in the US. So just before Christmas. It's almost like they planned that. Almost. <laughs> it's, it's uncanny. They might have. It's almost like somebody in the marketing department went, you know when a good time to release something is? Right before a gift-giving <laughs> holiday of some sort. Do we have one of those coming up? No? Okay, I guess November then. <laughs> uh, our last bit of news is Earthshock is going to be screened at the BFI. British Film Institute. There you go, for those of you that don't know what that is. <laughs> On London South Bank in November, November 17th. That's a Saturday. Yep. Oh, I'm off. It's going to be on midday. And it will be the new upscaled HD version, which will be part of the Blu-ray set released that weekend. Who's up for a road trip? 
<laughs> and a boat trip or a plane trip. Not if you got the Muppet car. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we travel by map. I thought it was interesting that there, there'll be a question and answer session, and the, the two people that are there are Matthew Waterhouse, friend of the show, Matthew Waterhouse, uh, who played Edric, and uh, Eric uh, uh, Sayward, who wrote the story. I think those are good two, two those, good people those, to have. But it's interesting that it's just those two people. It's, Peter Davison must have been busy. Yeah, I was just say, are the others just a little He's too got a busy? convention that day. I mean, because that's, that's the all-star cast there. I'd say all-star. But that's that's the whole group now because Nissa and uh, Tegan are both in that as well. And they have all of them on the couch. And David Banks that. for that, for that yeah. matter. So. Tickets go on sale September 25th. So if you get yours and get to go, let us know how it is. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. That's it for news. All right. Well, shall we move on to feedback? Let's. For feedback this week, we have one from Mark McMarmite. He writes, hello, Vortex crew. Mark McMarmite here. Long-time listener, long-time caller. I think that saying usually goes differently. I always wanted to be one of the callers on Dr. Fraser Crane's show, but I guess this is a close second. I was wondering. Wait, wait. Go ahead, Mark. We're listening. <laughs> Very good. I was wondering if you had any advice on building a podcast. I've just started one, and since you guys are doing as well as you are, I was hoping you had some insight into attracting and maintaining an audience. Personally, I suspect that you drew your audience in with a dozen or so times that Sean started rewriting famous songs about Doctor Who. <laughs> if my suspicions are correct, I'll have to practice my Weird Al Yankovic impression and whip out my copy of Waylon Jennings' Greatest Hits. The formula was to replace every tenth word with TARDIS, if I remember correctly. <laughs> My secret's out. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't hard to figure out. Also, do you guys hang out much outside of the podcast, or is it usually just when you're recording? All the best. Stay hooey. Mark McMarmite. Glenn, tackle the first part of that question first as far as advice on building a podcast, because this was, I don't don't know if we've said this recently, but you were were kind of the the genesis of this. Well, I think, I mean, I was the... I was just the driving force behind the idea. We had to, when we kind of jumped into it, we had to kind of, it was a learning process for us as we went along. We just, we came up with the theme and the format and what we were going to do. And we all recorded around, you know, as we said, a uh, Logitech rock band microphone, all three of us talking into a, the same mic. But um, I mean, certainly I think you're looking for, engagement it probably is what you're you're looking for and i think that's the thing that we've kind of learned through trial and error over the years i think first of all make sure you get your podcast on the big ones make sure you mm-hmm. get it on apple podcasts make sure you get it on google uh, podcasts you know there's tune in there's spotify spotify is one of the harder ones to get on there we're still going through the process ourselves on that we're seven years in um but but get get on those. You can go to all of those platforms, and they have uh, forms that you can fill out. They all have really helpful uh, information on how to submit your podcast. Um, if you're on something like Podbean or some of those uh, helpful podcast um, hosting stations, they're really good about giving you uh, ideas and getting your podcast out there for you. In fact, Podbean and a couple of the other ones will actually automatically subscribe you or put your uh, podcast on certain ones i think tune in is one of them that goes automatically um, there's one of them that's specifically uses spotify so if you're on that one you've got a better end than anybody mm-hmm. uh, but definitely get get the podcast out there and get it on many carriers and as many services as you can um, i think the number one thing that i think we discovered was uh first of all it was word of mouth um 
if you're doing a, I don't know what kind of podcast you're doing, but if you're doing Doctor Who or if you're doing something that's a ready-made pod, product, those are those are highly searched. People are always looking for genre podcasts. So I think you have a benefit if you're a genre podcast. If you're not, you know, word of mouth is probably the most important thing. Get people to know, you know, that you're there. Uh, speak loudly. Uh, one of the things I think that we've been a lot better at that we were really weak with at first is get out there on Facebook, get out there on Instagram, get out there on Twitter, get out there on as many of the social media platforms as you can. Go to, you know, like-minded groups on uh, Facebook. And, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to tell you to go out there and just plug yourself because you, I don't want you to go out there spamming a bunch of pages. But there are there are ways to get in, you know, engage with somebody and start talking about, you know, Doctor Who or something like that and then getting the information into a conversation. There's a lot of easy, subtle ways to do that. So I just I say just get out there and and, you know, pound the Internet pavement and uh, let people know you're there. And I think that they, they kind of come. You you realize that if I don't know about you guys, but I felt like we were just kind of speaking into a microphone at each other for probably the first several months. And then suddenly we started getting feedback. And we, that was when the realization kind of hit that, whoa, there are people out there listening to us. Yeah. And then I think, you know, engage with your your listeners, engage with your base. I think that's the one of the things we've been strong about is we've made a lot of friends through the podcast. Um, we, we try not to, you know, make anybody uh, elitists, but we also make sure that those people that, uh, you know, have been with us for a long time, you yourself included, you know, we kind of treat you guys well, and we consider you friends. So I think the, the better you can engage with your core audience, too, I think uh, that's that's the best way to do that because those people are going to go out there and they're going to, you know, go to bat for you. Uh, I mean, heck, we spawned a sister <laughs> podcast, as, as Sean talked about being on there earlier, from this because we had a group of ladies that were core listeners that got together and said, hey, we got things we want to say, too, that aren't necessarily Doctor Who. And they did, and, and they, they bounced off that. Look at them. They're at 200 episodes, and it's, as Sean said, you know, there's, I say stick with it, too. That would be the other thing, and I think that was Sean's advice earlier, is, is there are so many podcasts to get started, but then they walk away from it because they just don't feel like they're getting anywhere with anyone or getting the listeners. It's easy, I think, to feel like you're screaming into the ether. Yeah. That, that there's yeah. just, you know, you're sending your voice out in the void, and yeah. is anybody out there? Um, and then you're pleasantly surprised when you find out, yeah, there is. So, Keith, if you had one piece, what, uh, what 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 would your advice be? I would probably just from listening to this is one thing that we don't do a lot of, but one thing that I know a lot of other ones podcasts do is cross promote. Yeah. So if you can get in with some other podcasts that will promote your show, and you will do that in exchange, we we kind of determined that our format isn't very conducive to doing that. Yeah. But a lot of other podcasts take breaks in the middle to do just that, and that'd be a good way to get your podcast out there too. Absolutely. Um, I think the other thing is I, I talked about the, the podcast services that are out there. If you're going at it on your own, as we are, um, you do have, you don't have some of that money up front for a server and you don't have to have some of that money up front for, you know, other small things like domain registration, things like that. If you're going that route, um, I be aware that there are a lot of places you can go Google analytics and those kind of places you can sign up and you can actually look and track your listeners, mm-hmm. your subscribers and things like that. That'll give you a, a really good indication as to as to what you're how you're tracking. If that's if you're going on alone, if you're going with one of these services, they offer those that that kind of stuff for you, so it'll make it a lot easier. But uh, yeah, just jump in there, do it head first, yeah. and let people know you're there. If I could and have you, fun with it, yeah, that's, that's, that's the most important thing. That's really big. If I could offer you one piece of advice, it would be don't sing. 
<laughs> Unless you've got a good voice. I, I'm sure you have a lovely voice, Mark, but I, 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 I can't recommend that part of it. <laughs> because people keep coming back and wanting it. And expecting it. <laughs> expecting it, yeah. I mean, look at the Oodcast. Yeah, yeah. they, they don't do a song. See, if we, if, if you we create a monster that way. If we hadn't let Sean sing to begin with, we wouldn't be letting the listeners down week after week when he doesn't <laughs> have songs. So. I like to think that's my part of the engagement, is how I'm keeping them entertained. <laughs> how I keep them coming back. Is he going to sing this Maybe this, this is yeah. the week, and then, you know. It's not, and then well, yeah, maybe every it'll once be... in a while, though, you got to throw a crumb out there. Otherwise, they just give up. They'll completely. just go find other crumbs. I, 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 I can neither confirm nor deny, but there, there, there may, there may be something in four hundred. <laughs> there probably promises, will be in four hundred one. The four hundred one song may already be written. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I was gonna tackle his other question. Oh yes, well, he we, had more. Sorry. We used to hang out a lot more before <laughs> life got in the way. <laughs> it's funny. I felt like we. Maybe I'm wrong because my memories spotty i feel like we hung out a lot more outside the podcast before the podcast yeah i think so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and once a little we started bit. getting together and talking every week it was kind of like ah, i'll see him then <laughs> i think it comes down to to families and kids and and you know personal obligations things like that we used to hang out a lot more you guys used to hang out even more because you lived together for a while <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but uh and didn't have any kids right between the exactly two of us to, and uh you now know we both so, have kids yeah, we, we we certainly, I think if we could, we would certainly hang out with each other a lot more. But, you know, life kind of gets in the way. So yeah. I kind of look forward to coming and recording on the weekends because I actually get to see you guys. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's we, we certainly don't get to do much together anymore. But That's just it. I've, I've always said that I, I, I never want work to become work. Right, I, I, right. I always want it to be fun. I always want it to be something I enjoy doing. And there have been a couple of times where it's been like, oh, man, I got homework to do this week for the podcast, and I haven't got to it, and it's Saturday night, and blah, blah, blah. And then I think, but you're going to get to see Keith and Glenn, so that's worth it. And and that really is. I, there was maybe some some quiet rumbles about how far we wanted to go with this and how long we wanted to continue to do this once upon a time. Well, and, I still have a benchmark, but I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> I still have an ingill. I'm just not going to say what it is. From, from one third of this podcast, there was a <laughs> a, a, a potential ingle, and and on my end, it's just you know, well, as long as I get to see you guys, it's worth it. So I would agree. Now, if that one third decides to push it, then well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm... Keith and I will get together. And... <laughs> if Sean angers me enough, then that might move that goal up. <laughs> Stay tuned, episode 400, Sean Brings the Stick. (laughs) (laughs) I realize I haven't poked the bear in a while. Well, Keith, how can people contact us? Well, you can go to our website, TravelingTheVortex.com, and fill out the Send Us Feedback tab, or you can send it directly to feedback at TravelingTheVortex.com. Cool. Should we move on to some reviews? Let's. I don't have a synopsis for the first two issues of the, I guess, the last two issues (laughs) of the 11th Doctor. (laughs) And thank you, Mark. It was good to hear from yeah, you. We haven't heard from you in a while, so it was good to hear from you. 11th Doctor, into the run. Silence and the sapling converging into one. So I, I attribute a lot of my lack of remembering for it being so long ago, but I had forgotten about the the silence that was chasing them. The scream. The scream. And so a lot of this felt like I was jumping in in the deep end <laughs> without much of a memory of what had happened previously. <laughs> that being said, it was an all right ride. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the last two uh, 
issues. Um, I was kind of the same way. It had been so long since I read it. I, I, I read the little, you know, previously on to try to, uh, or previously, not previously on, but previously <laughs> in order to kind of jog my memory, but it didn't really help much. Um, but I had forgotten about the scream as well, but as soon as I saw it, it wasn't like, well, who's this? You know, yeah, was, it was, I, it was I, I remember, right? Luckily, oh, yeah. it's the second page. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, the circumstances in which Alice found herself, I do not remember that I think it's all. quite funny that the two of you are sitting here talking about a silence going, I didn't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here screaming internally, that's by design! <laughs> um, I went for that joke on purpose. <laughs> the uh, the doctor and Alice, their, their memories gradually start coming back over this right. particular uh, issue which was reassuring because i kind of felt that was such a long stretch of oh i can't remember this oh i've forgotten this oh I can't. and i was kind of getting a little tired of that so it was a bit yeah. refreshing that that started to come back early um i did like some of the uh panels where when the doctor was talking about previous adventures he had and we us getting to see some of these past villains. Uh, oh, like yeah. The, Especially uh, when they get in with the... The board and the Crotons. And yeah. She makes the question about, there are aliens named after those stale bread things you put on salad? <laughs> well, yes, but these are spelled differently and as nasty crystalline metal energy vampires. And what a great way to introduce the Hads to somebody who yeah. hadn't uh, known anything about them. Yep. I like that, too. Well, and the thing about this is it very much feels like a Stephen Moffat finale. It's kind of big. It's kind of bombastic. It it kind of dumps you into the deep end out of nowhere. At times, it's very confusing. Yes, <laughs> it's it's kind of like it felt a lot like the uh, wedding of River Song. Yeah, yeah, I, a little so bit. That's a because fair. It kind of yeah. drops you in, and you're in the middle of all, you, this really weird situation that you have no idea what's happening, and you slowly kind of start figuring it out as you go along. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I would agree. With so, that. in that aspect of it, I think they did a good job of making it true to <clears throat> his run. Uh, what did you think of the uh, homeless doctor on the street corner with a hodgepodge of looks from <laughs> previous doctors? I, rather, I kind of enjoyed that. Looks I think like they gave got... him a better beard than he could actually grow. <laughs> seventh, seventh doctor hat and the, uh, 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 what do they call the scarf thing? Little, uh, the cravat. Cravat um, from uh, the sixth doctor. That's definitely a beard Matt Smith could not grow. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or at least the doctor, whenever he had to grow one. It's only in his memories. I had kind of hoped they would uh, tackle Jonesy's, because she has that memory of uh, uh, Jones performing on the stage, but then they didn't go far enough with me for it. I thought that would have been a nice callback. I mean, it was a nice homage or or mention back uh, to it, but I had hoped that, Maybe that memory had would have been a little more impactful, or 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 part of the the big climax of the series yeah. than it was. But uh, I think in a way that was very calculated because it, it it seemed almost like they were setting us up for it, and we were all going, "Oh, we're going to get to see Jonesy again." And then and when then, we see him, it's actually the the screen. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it just becomes a no. We're not going to let you have that much fun. <laughs> we want you to feel the, the yeah. pain and the terror. That, yeah. There's also a callback to the uh, Rainbow Dog, too, which I thought was cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going way back. 
Can we talk about this this one panel? This is on uh, I think page nineteen or so, where uh, the scream and the the, the sapling integrate oh, yeah, and yeah, take yeah. over the TARDIS console. Yes, and it's basically just a giant tree skull. That's a bit of a. <gasps> it's kind <laughs> yeah. of terrifying. Yeah. It really is. Really great visual imagery throughout this series. And the planet full of sonic screwdrivers. And... <laughs> the planet that is the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought the conclusion was both clever but simple at the same time. Yeah, I thought um, so too. Having that... the scream, he duplicates himself and then because he's not alone. And then he looks away and Yeah, he looks himself. away and then he forgets. Yeah, and so his whole essence is forgotten which i thought was kind of weird but yeah i'm, I'm not sure it entirely works worked, i guess in a way it's very much that was very moffat yeah it was yeah. very much a moffat hey i set all this amazing stuff up but didn't quite get to the finish yeah, line couldn't figure out how to write myself L- later run moffat yeah maybe if i look make this look clever enough people will buy it <laughs> and then the fact that the sapling just kind of grows up and detaches and gets to travel with him now yeah, presumably. <laughs> yeah, it makes me was... wonder if they're setting something up so Alice is going to. They're going to pull a Donna and make Alice forget everything at some point. What makes you think that? Her last line of "I won't forget this." It makes it almost seem like it's telegraphing. Yeah, or it's going to be like, a, "Oh, that's in hindsight, that's going to be such a bittersweet line." Could be. I thought maybe it was just one of those nice wrap-up with a bow sayings that because this whole season has been about About forgetting forgetting. and and memory loss, that this was kind of the poignant, I won't forget this. And to put a a, mark on the end of the story. I hope that's the case. I I hope hope so, too. I don't know that I could handle Alice being stripped of everything that she's come to really kind of rely on well and it's and unlike donna who has so much growth alice has too but it's such a different kind of growth that's helped her grieve more yeah. importantly i would hate to see alice strip back to that grieving person again yeah yeah it, it's been uh for for three years we've seen alice because she, she's broken at the beginning and mm-hmm. as she travels with the doctor she gets healed she becomes more confident more um, self-assertive and and more in touch with the family that she lost, and so to reset that, I would yes, it would be very bittersweet and it would be very heartbreaking. But I also feel like it would not be very satisfying yeah. to, to to go down that road. I agree. I would agree too. Should we move on to twelve, or do you guys have anything else? I don't think I have much else to say about these two issues. So, just a note for everybody that you know, if you're not following the Titan comics. Um, I think it's worth a look into them. I, you know, we've certainly enjoyed them yeah. for the most part. I mean, there's only been a handful of stories that I can tick off on one hand that I think we went, eh, don't read the ghost stories. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, With the title of the next one, A Confusion of Angels, my initial thought was, oh, I bet Weeping Angels will be in this. And then, as I'm flipping through, I have a of course, we're this doing the... Oh, do you? Uh, well... Flipping through the first part of the book in the splash pages, because we did the uh, uh, collected issues in the uh, graphic novel form, and uh, I get to uh, a host. There's the very first thing I see, and I went, oh, it's those angels. (laughs) 
All right. Not the angels. I, I did not expect that they were going to have both sets of angels in this, <laughs> but go ahead with your synopsis. When the Doctor and his companions are drawn to a transport vessel in deep space, they're pulled into an impossible conflict between the robotic heavenly host and the weeping angels. See, I didn't read the synopsis, so... Featuring the Twelfth Doctor and fan favorite companions, Bill, Nardole, and Missy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That lumps Missy in as a companion. Oh, it's official now. <laughs> well, she has traveled in the TARDIS. <laughs> That's true. Holographically. Doesn't count. No, she traveled. She traveled in... <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, where this is set, yes, she hasn't traveled yet. I really enjoyed this one. Did you? I did. I, I did too. It, I thought it was very cool. I thought it was very clever. I loved the misdirection because like you, I read Confusion of Angels and there was a little part of me that went, uh, <laughs> because it's a Weeping Angel story. See, I don't think we got it. we've got enough Weeping Angels, to be honest with you. But the problem is most of the times when they come back, they're not utilized quite as well. And I thought this did a good job of melding kind of blink aspects of things and uh, flesh and stone mm-hmm. aspect of things. Yeah. This did a better job of flesh and stone than flesh and stone did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. Does it count as flesh and stone if they're not flesh and, flesh and blood? No. Okay. I don't know. Metal and stone? Metal and stone. <laughs> um, I just... When you when you do blink and you, you set this thing up and everybody clamors for more and then flesh and stone kind of sort of does some interesting things but it doesn't it, for me it wasn't terribly satisfying and then obviously angels take Manhattan kind of in that same boat most well, of that was all right yeah yeah and, it was all right angels but it take wasn't. Manhattan kind of went back to the roots of how the angels work yeah. basically it's just the Statue of Liberty that we have right, yeah with. yeah <laughs> that could have been so cool anyway. Um, <laughs> But um, then the comics we've had. Uh, what was it? The, the Angels the of Mons. One, yeah, the one in World War Two, which is amazing. Yeah, which is that, that really, good really, story. really good. Yeah. And so, in my mind, okay, we've got two really, really good angel stories, and then we've had a kind of a a, a, a bevy of middle of the road ones. There was that one book that was kind of like, eh, and um, you know, they're they're just kind of there in a world for the most part. So when I saw that, I went, oh, man, it's an angel story. Okay. But then, like you, oh, it's the host. Didn't see that coming. That yeah, and was then very I went, clever. <laughs> I thought it was clever that it was the host. And then I went, oh, but I yeah, didn't like the host. I didn't like the host either. <laughs> There's not a lot about Voyage of the Dam I did like a, a whole lot. I, I was encouraged that they did something a little different with the host. But, yeah, but yeah. that being said, what they did do with the host, I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know about fantastic, but it was good. No, I, 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 <laughs> it was, I, I think it was fantastic because it was different. It, it brought back a, a, a Doctor Who, quote-unquote, villain and used them in a completely different fashion. Whether they were still villainous or not, I suppose, can be you know up to interpretation because really the only acts of, of bad guy that we get from the host are once they've been taken over by the Weeping Angels. Right. So that, um, that, that's a very cool, clever, because it kind of returns them back to their, their mindset. Right. And you have the one that she fixed that be, stays loyal all the way to the end. Yeah. And fights. Which was interesting. Yeah. Which I thought was really nice. It was a good take. On There's a part of me that's a little worried different. when we get around to uh, the Vox Robots big finish because it's like, well, they were cool. But can you do something different with them right, that, that right. we haven't already seen? This did something different. Um and I like it when you can 
you know, like white ghosts. It's like, oh, I thought I knew where this was going. I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Shadow Proclamation shows up. Yeah. And? And (laughs) Did not expect to see her back. I did not expect her either. And in fact, in the first panel where she comes in, I thought she looked vaguely familiar. But it wasn't no until... No way I was going to be able to yeah, remember her name. <laughs> well, when when the doctor says it, I went, oh, okay, obviously she looks like her, but that can't be her, because I don't know how they'd make this work. But they subtly kind of tell you how they made it work, and I thought that was kind of actually kind of cool, that she really did get her second chance, and yeah. she did make the right choices yes. this time. So. Although I find it odd that she still has the same human body suit. Yeah. Shouldn't I, she be Slitheen? I don't think you could do it without doing that though because then I don't think there would Cuz no one would remember her name. Right, right. <laughs> and if she showed up as a Slitheen, it would just be a Slitheen. Yeah, and I'd have gone <laughs> Now this was actually a good use of a Slitheen. <laughs> because you never actually see the Slitheen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um so one of the things that bothers me sort of is the doctor being transported back through time after being touched by an angel. And uh, I get the impression that he went back like 100 years or something like that, right? right? And then he had to like... That's what he said. He had to get he had to get like the... He had the, to go the long way around. Yeah, but that, I think the first time I saw that done was clever, but... I'm of two minds of it because part of me thinks that's just such a stretch of the, it's almost like a um, convenient plot device. Send the doctor back so that he can set everything up. Put him, don't put him back too far because a hundred years is a blink in the eye for the doctor, but a hundred years of him. I mean, I guess what it does is it opens tighten up to say, well, maybe he had some side adventures, (laughs) adventures in those hundred years. And we don't have to have, you know, Bill and, yeah, but uh, yeah, but then there's no TARDIS, so because he has to wait 100 years till he gets back to the TARDIS, and it just seems like I don't know. It just seems like a convenient trope in in this situation. I mean, it's it, a very it works because trope. of it. But. Um, in in time travel stories in general, it's a very convenient trope, as long as you have a protagonist who can wait it out. Yes, yes, that's the um, Futurama Bender's big score. Where they send him back in time and he steals something, but then he just walks into wherever the basement of Planet Express is going to be and waits because he's a robot. Right. And then they send yeah. him back in time again. I mean, it's just, okay, that's kind of clever. But you're right. Once you've seen it, you've seen it. Yeah. Which I didn't get the impression that he put too much into motion in this circumstance, more just rescuing the people. Right, right, yeah. Which and it's well, that's what he was doing for those hundred years was helping there was refugees, refugees, right, yeah, well, and naming a few ships apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm okay with him doing such a small thing as opposed to you know lining up all the pieces. But so that, that makes they it they even more there. that makes it more unbelievable that the doctor would do nothing but wind but round up refugees for a hundred years. Mm. That seems very implausible, especially for the thirteenth doctor or twelfth doctor. I don't know. It just uh, th- uh, that was a weakness for me in this, and it was a nice surprise. I did have to go back and see what he was wearing when he had the clown mask on and was bringing the uh, people into the crate earlier on. That panel gave it away. I knew right there. I was like, oh, oh, did you? Yeah, oh, yeah. I as did. soon as I saw, there, there's a, a shot of him where he's 
from goes the sun. back oh, to the yes. camera. As soon as I saw the hair, I was like, oh, okay, I know where this is going. Oh, see, I, I missed it. I had to go back and look. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. That's totally him. But His hair's a little darker in the previous comic when he's got the clown mask on. <laughs> but I guess he's in shadow. Um, I like the fact that the doctor is kind of taken away and yeah, Bill, that, that Bill panel, and Nardole has to That panel thing, you're though. seeing there is late enough in the game that if I had figured it out, I wouldn't have felt so bad. If yeah, I had no. figured it out earlier, oh, yeah, early would shot have, on it would have sucked. Although it was disconcerting. Because there's this guy in a clown. It was like, when did the Joker show up? Because it's almost it almost looks like one of the. Dark <laughs> Wait, I thought that was going to be the bank uh, robbery. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the antagonist or something. There. And then uh, once it's revealed that this is who he is, and Bill calls him out, I was like, why the cl- clowns are supposed to be funny and comforting? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I enjoyed that kind of callback to, in many ways, the Twelfth Doctor being relatively clueless. <laughs> yeah. I also enjoyed the art stylings of this one. I don't know. Uh, it wasn't quite... Um, what's it that you call it, Glenn? The, that 70s, 80s look when, uh, with comics? Like the old uh, Dave Gibbons stuff, but... I don't know what I've called it before. I don't remember. There's a, there's a, apparently a term for it, but uh, just the extremely, at least in the first couple issues, were really detailed, well-drawn backgrounds. The spaceship that they're on for being a cargo container is... Gorgeous. Yeah, there's some good, uh, there's some good, uh, really, really good artwork in this. I just, I was Missy just really there to retrieve the TARDIS so that I, I guess I, I didn't, so. I didn't understand her point in this whole thing. You know, Why other have... other than to make us think, uh oh, what you know, what's she going to do now that she's got the TARDIS type, right? Well, and why bother, other than, you know, keeping the TARDIS away from the angels and prolonging the story, right. why even send Bill away right. and then have her come right back? Yeah. Some of it did feel a bit like padding. Yeah. It was a good story. I mean, I enjoyed it. What was it? Three episodes, or three episodes, three issues together, so. Um, I thought it was four. Maybe it was four. Uh, made for a good, you know. A good concise story and the end for now. So, <laughs> and for the most part, I liked all the supporting cast. I really like the fact that we're all caught up now. <laughs> it feels like we've been so behind on year three. I enjoyed the uh, the the sensation early where we've got this um, spacer crew and we're on a, a, a relatively abandoned derelict ship, almost is what it feels like, and it feels a little alien because we've got crew members that have gone missing. And then we put Bill in the air ducts, and she's going, Ripley, not Dallas. Ripley, not Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. They've really got Bill's voice down. They really directly. do. And it just makes me wish we had more of her televised stories. Because I, I enjoyed even, her so much as a character. Even Nardle. I think and Nardle, too. Yeah. 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 As well. And even Missy. The, the dialogue exchanges between them. Uh, you know, Missy, a small white lie. Lies have colors. That is exciting. A whole palette to paint with. You know, <laughs> that really sounds like a Missy line. Yeah. yeah. I was looking for, where is it? Um, was she the one who was shuttling the refugees away in the TARDIS? Is that what she was doing yeah, during this time? Yeah, she was doing that at the end. That's right. Also. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So she had two purposes. She did. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that until you just said that. And the, uh, the the kind of dire warning that she gives, one day you'll come across a lost ship dripping in space that you can't save. 
Ooh, that's a little <laughs> foreshadowing, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. let me pull this knife out of my heart. <laughs> it's like she would remember, but can't. <laughs> so, yeah, in the end, I thought it was a, a very nice, strong end to the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would agree. Yep. And I apologize to you guys for making it so long between comic readings. The nice thing about this one is you didn't have to know, remember what came previously in the season. That's true. This was all nicely. (laughs) Which was part of why I enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah, this was all nice and compact story. Well, if it helps any, I did go back and reread the previous issue with the Eleventh Doctor. I didn't think it helped. And I did because it was the Mall one, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, It still was fairly. Destroy. And it, it brought back enough of the, oh, okay, yeah, we're still dealing with the scream. Okay, we're still confused with the memory loss. Okay, we're still the confused mall. with this. No, wasn't it? Is that the mall? No, that was no, the, that was the 12th, 12th Doctor, Doctor one. one. I thought you said mall. Oh, okay, yeah, mall. never mind. Yeah. yeah. But um, it, it didn't help much. Now, yeah, I you, did not go back and look if, at if, if you sat down and read all of them, you know, in one sitting as a, as a main line of then, yeah, it probably yeah. would have helped a little bit. But So still out there is the Seventh Doctor miniseries, and then yes. we've got the Jodie Whittaker stuff that's uh, coming out, the Road 2 stuff. And, and the Volume Zero. Volume Zero? Yes. What's that one? Thirteenth Doctor, Volume Zero. It's the one where she remembers her adventures. Oh, oh, right, right, yeah. right. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. But as far as the uh, ongoing Titan lines, we are current. Yes. 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 And we'll sprinkle some more of them in as we go. And as, again, if you're a comic fan, you could do far worse than any of these to try. They've really got the, uh, you said, the voice of the Doctor's down. Cool. Well, um, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up on the schedule next week is episode 399. And we will be reviewing Lethbridge Stewart, The Laughing Gnome, Scary Monsters by Simon Forward. Uh, this is the the first in the new series of Lethbridge Stewart books, uh, which are all subtitled "The Laughing Gnome" and then, or all titled "The Laughing Gnome" with their various subtitles uh, below that. So I imagine there will be kind of sort of an arc present. Um, Possibly, we will be uh, talking about that, and then the following week, of course, is our big uh, 400th anniversary. Not quite an anniversary. Not quite. Not quite. No, not quite. One uh, of these times an anniversary will land on an anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, of course, we'll be doing uh, some fun and games. We're going to play some Doctor Who games. We're going to give away some stuff. It'll just be kind of a it's kind of a, a breath of fresh air and fun and uh, taking a collective break before 401, which is uh, the launch of the new series, and Jodie Whittaker gracing our screens. And we'll be, of course, uh, 10 episodes worth of new material for you guys to uh, to fawn over. And as always, we encourage feedback if you want to uh, you know, talk about what we're reviewing or if you want to talk about the new episodes of the show or if you want to talk about us or if you have questions or you just want to say hi, you're always welcome to do that. Also, uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You can become a patron of the podcast and your continuing support goes right back into this podcast. And don't forget, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, we're available on Stitcher. You can listen to us on TuneIn and Player FM. And if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.